welcome back to the Bring It Back podcast. My name is Nathan. And I'm Micah. And we want to just have really authentic, unique conversations and try to tackle different topics that maybe you don't hear kind of navigated through the lens that we'll look at things through. We're going to use the Bible as the lens and the foundation that builds our worldview and gives us kind of the answers to some of these questions that we're talking about. So thanks for joining and let's get into it. And we back. (laughs) That's it. That's the start. And we're back again. And I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation in three weeks. Or maybe a month maybe when we more. post it. Yeah. <laughs> We've been sitting on a couple of apps, and it's a shared responsibility. It's both of us, yeah. One that does fall a little heavier into my hand, because I click <laughs> the butt, you know? Uh-huh. But the, the but props, I also, I, I, I am supposed to text Nate on Fridays and remind him to post it, and I also have not been doing that. We both fail, and God loves us still. And there it is. That, that'll, that'll preach to someone. But uh, last week, Mike and I recorded an app that was not out of pocket, but out of order. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't part of our series. Yeah. And then we went, drove out to Shepherd's Fold to say goodbye to Julie. She was a camp director. I say was now because she's finished mm. out of Shepherd's Fold. A dear friend. Yeah. Love Julie. Love uh, her, was it seven years seven. Uh, in that role? Was really caring for a lot of different kiddos, a lot of different staff, and she's moving on to the next phase of life down in Tejas. He is. Pretty cool. So that was fun. You just get to sit in the car with you and talk on the way out there and the way back. I just love talking. Something I love about Nate, if you guys have not met Nate in person, you should, but Nate is such a good conversationalist because it's always conversations that matter. That's one thing I appreciate you is that I never feel like it's a wasted conversation. Nice. Or a wasted breath. That's a good job. Thanks for sharing that. That's cool. You're welcome. I do. Yeah. I sent Jonah a meme like from the internet. Yeah. uh, Of like when you finally start that podcast with your friends and then they just sat like the the meme is that they're just sitting there with a microphone and nobody has anything to say. And it's like, I think there is a lot of wasted conversation and that uh, doesn't feel loving and it doesn't feel like worth it for anybody. You know, like who wants to listen to that? Yeah. And even like you think about going to a party or something yeah. and people always ask the question, what do you do for work? Or Gosh, it's, always, it's always straight to work. So what do you do? Yeah. It's like, so what do you do? Anytime anybody asks me, do you know what my first answer is? Uh, I'm a shepherd. Is that what you say? No, that, that would be deep and spiritual. I say, I like to play pickleball. <laughs> and then we just josh around for a little bit you know no hey dude i love talking with you too i feel like there's always good things going on in your brain Mm. uh and it's just been fun to see different seasons of our lives like coalesce uh or or mirror or just like different experiences i love love talking to you yeah dude it's almost like something i love about like long-term friendships of some kind or even like workplaces or ministry involvement is you get to see the long work of sanctification in yeah. people's lives. And I was just talking about that yesterday with an old friend of mine. We've been friends since I was probably like a sophomore in high school. It's like, I love that we've been friends for as long as we have, and we've been as consistent in each other's lives as we have been. Because I've been able to see your, I don't want to say character development, but like your progression and your walk with the Lord and like how, um, like you've grown in all these things and then vice versa. And there's just something so cool about like, seeing the long work of the Lord in somebody's heart. And I just think you don't get that if you bounce around to a bunch of different friendships. hundred percent. Yeah. Having, having those friends in place, it even goes back to what we talked about last week, like having that context about something yeah. that's going on. Here's an update in my life and I give it to you. And then it's like, dude, isn't that cool? You were praying about that 
four years ago. Yeah. And now here it is. Yeah. Or yeah, that's so amazing. You wouldn't have responded that way in the past. Mm-hmm. That's cool to see that you've grown in that, right? Yeah. That's cool. So then man. Life is just cool lately, huh? Yeah, life is cool. Well, life is freaking hot. Actually, it's 107 degrees outside. Yeah, we're sitting in Nate's room, and it's probably 85 in here. I'm, I've dropped three pounds already. So. Hey, lose that water weight, man. I'm here <laughs> yeah, it's hot, uh, and it's. I, I love being outside, and it's so hot that or you can tell that it's so hot because Nathan doesn't really want to be outside that much. I love being outside. Nathan loves just being like, outside. Nah, man, it's too much. So mm-hmm. We've got more of it coming. And uh, just everybody drink water, you know? Drink water. That's your hydration station update. Uh, (laughs) I've been crushing about 180 ounces of water a day. Really? Uh, Whenever I'm doing pool stuff, I got to make sure that I'm I'm hitting like that 200. But just on the other side, dude, I love drinking water. So everybody drink water. Ice cold water. I'm an ice water guy. Ice cold water. I'm just a beverage guy in general. Yeah. Like, man, listen, coffee into it. If it's hot outside, body armor into it. If I'm going on a road trip anywhere, I gotta have a little bev with me in some capacity. I like a bev. I'm just a drink guy. Yeah, just a bev guy. Actually, uh, Ben Peterson and shout out roommate yeah. bev guy. Uh, he and I, I would agree, are are both bev guys. Yeah. My my go to sodi pop. I, I cut it out for about a year and then I've reintroduced it in my life. Right now, it's DPZ. I so I got Dr Pepper Zero uh-huh. and then cream soda is the best zero one. Yeah. But uh, that's like my, if I want a sweet thing, if I just want a drink that's not ice water, which I do love, uh, I'm not a LaCroix boy. Really? I am, yeah. I'm a Spindrift sister. You know, I love okay. Spindrift. Like, it's <laughs> got that lemon inside of there. So, yeah. Uh, like, little bit of fruit. And I can't have anything with sugar because of diabetes. So, right. it's, it's <laughs> perfect. Right, right, right. It's real, uh, but it doesn't taste like diet, diet water which Mm -hmm. is LaCroix like it's like I don't know it tastes like if you left a Skittle in water and then filtered it out like it's just like there's nothing really I used to say that same thing but I did I've just totally flipped in the last year and I just like I need something carbonated in my life like every day yeah Mm -hmm. baby top tier yeah all good so I guess you could even say like you've got a lot of options with carbonated water there are, and you've got options. to. I have to discern, discern which of those your drinks I need to select. And you read that like a book. Oh man, I was re- I was looking as soon as you started. Like, Here's the tradition. <laughs> so yeah, from the title you could see, yeah. we're continuing on with the conversation. We decided to put a couple of them together, a yeah. few of them together, because uh, there's some overlap, some crisscrossing that. Yeah, it makes sense to put them in the same conversation. Yeah. Um, some so gray areas. We've wisdom, got. discernment. And what's our final one, Micah? Knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge. And it was kind of my idea to combine them. What was your thought on combining all of them? Because you, you even mentioned before we started how there seems to be like some gray area or some overlap in a sense. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, if it's gray area as much as... Uh, as as I spent time uh, immediately before sitting down and then just thinking about it beforehand, finding scripture that supports worldview, um, I, yeah, it, it was hard for me to separate specifically wisdom and discernment. Mm-hmm. And part of my conclusion, which we'll get into, maybe has to do with tone or, or tact or approach, yeah. which is more so discernment. Because 
if I operate and pray for God to reveal things to me from his heavenly perspective and leverage like even things like world history to try to inform how to make effective decisions today, I would call that wisdom. But then discernment is identifying how do I relay that information or is this something I should share? Right. So there, there's like a, a strong relationship between them, which I think makes sense to talk about together. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in knowledge or, or specifically like a word of knowledge, which is just like downloaded information mm-hmm. that you wouldn't typically have access to. So it made sense to me immediately whenever you texted yeah. back, like, yeah, we got to put these yeah. together. Well, let's just maybe go through one at a time. Yeah. Kind of, I guess, define a little bit. Uh, so discernment is one. Discernment is one that I... I think um, the Lord has kind of gifted me with is the gift of discernment. And I think it can look like a lot of different things. And I was even thinking earlier about how um, a lot of people who are gifted in each of these capacities, there's a lot of times like an unhealthy uh, like disposition. So I think with discernment, um, here's what I think discernment not is, is not, is like cynicism or... Um, someone who just critiques everything all the time, someone who's willing to find the bad in every situation or every ministry. Um, I do not think that's the gift of discernment. I think that's you being cynical. And I do not think that is how the gift of discernment is meant to operate. That being said, I do think when we see in 1 Corinthians, when it talks about like discerning between spirits, I do think that is a big thing that we need to pursue within the context of like local church gatherings. So like when a very emotional worship is happening, we need to be able to know, hey, is the Holy Spirit doing something in my heart or does the song just sound really good so I'm playing into everybody else's emotions that's going on? Um, or when something's being taught, like we're called to discern even scripturally. Like is what be, what is being taught to us, is that something that is it is biblical and is that something that is edifying to us and our spirits? Um, so there's almost this sense of discernment in my mind that is able to differentiate between what's from the Lord and what's not from the Lord what's the right timing to share something from the Lord, what's not the right timing to share something from the Lord. So, um, and I, I even see this a lot because part of like my my job, which I feel like I don't, have never really talked about on here, uh, is like I hire people, like I manage hiring for a company. And I think a lot about what it means to operate in the gifts of the spirit in the context of like your day to day. And for me, discernment is something. Like as I'm talking with a lot of people on the phone, a lot of applicants, I'm asking the Lord to continue to give me the gift of like wisdom and discernment as we make like these pretty substantial decisions on like who we're going to hire and what we're, what teams we're going to put together. So yeah, that's one that I see in my life that I'm very thankful for. Yeah. I agree. My first thought in looking at discernment has to do with that cynicism. Yeah. Because I think we maybe have people in our lives or maybe you've noticed with yourself. Uh, I know that I've noticed with myself sometimes mm-hmm. I have a, like a default character trait that I do want to see things better. Yep. And so I appreciate it when people, maybe it was Shepherd's Fold or maybe it was my Mm -hmm. brother or maybe it was my dad. I'm trying to find where the first place was. Like correction or identifying things that could be better. Mm -hmm. I know if because of those relationships, their heart is that they want to see me improve. So they'll say things to me like, you could do this better by doing X, right? And, um, Sometimes that can hurt your feelings. For me, I I welcome it. I don't think it's a good evaluation unless there's an opportunity for you to grow in an yeah. area. I think that it's like, well, yeah, I did a great job mm-hmm. and everybody likes me and yeah. that's good. And, and I'm like, I hate that evaluation. I yeah. I need to work on it. I know that I could 
be here. Uh, maybe I was on time all the time, but maybe I was never really early and yeah. I could have created margin to do better, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the cynicism component, I know that I have that hardwired into my own brain that even if something as simple as what did you think about that movie, my default behavior is I feel like they could have done this better. And I know that that's a thing yeah. I got to work on. Yeah, dude. I, 100%. I do that too. I get frustrated at myself. Like we just watched, what was it? Uh, Sound of Freedom. Mm-hmm. And my friend, we'd been planning on watching this for like three months. Mm-hmm. He's been, his name's also Micah. Uh-huh. Uh, but he, he, we'd been talking about it for a while and then we leave the movie and I'm thinking about a couple things that I would have liked to see them do yeah. because I think it would have made it more potent because it's a really important message. Yeah. And he thought, it's like, his first question is, so what'd you think? And that's what I'm actively thinking about in that moment is mm-hmm. I wish they would have done this better. And I was annoyed at myself because it's like, no, this was incredible. They, yep. They've done a good job marketing and encouraging other people to pay it forward. And there's a there's a great evil that's out there that we can yeah. do some things to help mitigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet my first response is kind of like, a, yep. oh, well, they could have done this better. So Yeah. And I think I know some people, again, like myself, um, even probably more so a few years ago, was just very like hypercritical of like teachings and church services that I was a part of. And I would say that people that are able to identify maybe things that aren't great within the church do has do have like a gift of discernment, but they lack in how to use it because they're not able to discern what they're supposed to share and what they're not. Sure. So I think if you really have the gift of discernment, you'd be able to know what's the right way to share this, what's the right way to bring this up. How do I still let my words be meaningful? How do I encourage, edify, and exhort like we see in scripture? while also bringing up the things that do need to be changed, but in a way that's not cynical or attacking. Like in Proverbs, like wounds from a friend are trusted. So we need to discern like how are we to bring up these things that probably aren't right, but in a way that's still honoring, loving, and then calls out the good that is in things, as is biblical. I think that, yeah, you bring up a really good point as far as the progression of spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. Because a young believer who has been gifted with discernment is still going to have room for growth. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that uh, awareness and self-awareness and, yeah. and um, ability to maybe take correction from somebody who is uh, more established in their faith and, you know, God has given them more opportunities to practice yeah. exercising that discernment. You can learn from. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that idea. I did have one verse that kind of reinforces what we've talked about mm-hmm. um, in, like, checking you know, u- utilizing the spirit uh, as as a, a point of resource for discernment. First uh, John four one, and uh, it says that we're we're called upon to test the spirits to see if they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, specifically in the context of church, uh, and even just ha- soundbite theology that's present in the world today right. with social media um, and just the shareability of content. It's really important for us to exercise discernment. Um, scripture calls us and, and tells us that we are to test. Um, and, it, you know, we have like those people that maybe do have that cynical approach. Mm-hmm. There's just like a little tweak that yeah. could, that could occur where um, their, their perspective is actually highly valuable Um and will help protect, I think, yeah, corruptible hearts and and young, uh, impressionable ears and immature yeah. faith. Like we have to have that kind of we do. direction. Yeah, scripturally, First Thessalonians and in chapter five, it talks about testing and weighing the spirits. In First Corinthians uh, fourteen, it talks again about testing and weighing what the prophets are saying and what's being spoken. It's like it's very biblical for us to discern. 
like everything you're saying. So I just want to insert that just to make sure this isn't just like a, oh, this is our opinion. Like, right. like this is biblical. That's something we should do. I think it is kind of like a little soapbox that we could stand on because it is really frustrating whenever, you know, in love, mm-hmm. but no, that like they're, they're, they're doing, this is from God. Who, who are you to say or to judge or, or like, well, I am reading scripture and I'm, I'm trying to practice what it is instructing me to yeah, do. Yeah, dude. We, and you could give me on a whole other topic about just how the authority of scripture and how people view it is just at an all-time low just because it's a like it's a post-structuralist world where we just want to define truth in every aspect of our lives and the first thing to go is the authority of scripture because we've been taught that our opinions are ultimate and how we feel is ultimate but um and again it's just like if if you know the word of god is not the litmus test for how we live our lives and how we test and discern things and like if if the word of god is not what we're looking to, to understand how we live a life pleasing to him. What are we doing here? Like you have like love the word of God. Like you cannot love the Lord if you don't love his word. It's as simple as that. So yeah, that, yeah. again, that's a whole other soap. Well, but it, it's, it's a, I think it's, it's important. a good reminder. I think every time we do the pod, it's just a reminder like, guys, we got to be in the word. That's why our pod is called what it is. Yeah. It's bringing it back because we do not want this to be our opinions. We want this to be what is biblical whether you like it or not, what does the Bible say about this? Yeah. We all we all got to get in the Word. That's like good call to action. If anything else, when you listen to these when you're in your car or however else you consume this, just think, man, the encouragement that Mike and I would love to heap on you. Yeah. Just get in the Word. Get in the Word. Um, and God, God will reveal His truth to you. Let it meditate. Think about it um, early in the morning, late at night, throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, my last verse on this one, just in context of like knowing how we are to uh, deliver communication as we're discerning in Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle anth- answer turns away anger, um, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. So when we are discerning, when we are having conversations where we maybe bring up things that are not happening the way that they should, we need to remember to answer gently and to bring these up in a way that's honoring to the people. Because a harsh word does nothing for anybody. Dude, I love it. I had that. And that was my last one too. I had one before that. Mm-hmm. So my second to last one. <laughs> also in Proverbs, uh, says the lips of the righteous feed many. Yeah. So, you know, kind of in conjunction with that, I think tact, it's one of those things. I think I've, I've been a good communicator for a decent chunk of my life. Yeah. My favorite subject in school is always English. My dad right. was an editor. He always helped me write papers and defining your terms. What do you mean? And what's your goal with what yeah. you're communicating? It's really important. Um, but I like that the, the, this scripture here is advising us that the way that you deliver information really does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are righteous, if you have submitted yourself, your heart to the scripture, you've been meditating on it, and then you're practicing, exercising that gift uh, of discernment, you'll be able to share things with people that will bring life to them. That yep. your encouragement um, will ultimately like avoid very painful life lessons learned, um, and and will actually enable a person to learn. Maybe because of your own experiences, where you could say, "Hey, look, I've seen this before," uh, or I- "I'm I'm watching what you're doing, and I know that this is where it's going to end up." Um, that kind of uh, you know wisdom that is present in your discernment um, is really powerful. So really that encouragement kind of component. Um, I love it. Love the idea of 
righteousness being a means by which to feed people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this even kind of leads into, at least in my mind, like the word of knowledge aspect of yeah. things. Um, and like there is a difference in scripture when we see like in First Corinthians, like there's words of wisdom and the utterance of wisdom and there's words of knowledge and they're two different things. So we need to differentiate what they are. And I think um, what could be brought up is some people could have a problem. They could say, hey, a word of knowledge, if you're saying you're hearing from God, um, that compromises the authority of Scripture. And I'd say, um, let's just go. You can go listen to our um, episode we did on prophecy, and that should cover a lot of those topics. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about that again. Uh, But it would appear like when Jesus meets with the woman at the well, he says, like, I perceive um, that you have, you know, many husbands. So like Jesus knows something about the woman at the well that she did not offer up. And you can label that as prophetic and you, or you can label it as like a word of knowledge because he knows something about her that he was not told by her in that moment. And we see what that does is it again, pierces her heart. She says, I perceive you're a prophet. So the Lord has convicted her heart because he knows something that only, only God would know. So she understands that, hey, um, it's validated that God is real and he knows me in that sense, but he also knows um, the parts of my heart that are sinful. Um, so in that same way, I think like words of knowledge and, and the prophetic gifting can kind of intersect sometimes. And then again, in my mind, it goes back to the gift of discernment. We'll say, oh, what do we do with the words of knowledge that we think that we have? Um, and again, one, just because you think you have the gift of knowledge, that does not mean that everything that you think that God says is absolutely true. Again, we test, we weigh, we discern, as we've talked about. But in that same way, we also need to test and weigh what we do need to share. Because if the Lord uh, gives me a feeling that um, someone in my life is like struggling with a specific sin, that does not mean that I need to go up right away and say, hey, I think the Lord told me you're dealing with this sin. Maybe there's a conversation that gets brought up, but that does not mean that I just immediately do that thing. So we need to have discernment and ask the Holy Spirit what we do with this. Hey, is this from you? Talk with other people who are gifted um, and prophetically and understand God's voice and then what to do with that. And then we move on from there. Yeah. So simply put, the word of knowledge uh, or a spiritual gift of knowledge. Yeah. If we kind of summed it up, the example that you gave, Jesus approaching woman at the well, his perception him knowing something Mm -hmm. knowing yeah without that information being supplied Mm -hmm. um and i'm like that was that's always been one for me that's just kind of cool yeah like i remember reading a sean bowles book (laughs) that like he he, they would practice they would practice um this gift of the spirit like they would sit and and just like say numbers Uh, when he was a kid yeah he, he would just try to pick numbers that like another person was thinking in their head they're learning like they're just kids and they're trying to say like okay you know is it just me being able to just know things or you know how do i download this information and he he even says like in that it was a very immature thing Mm -hmm. for them to try to practice and and do right and yet years later in his life he heard some numbers Mm -hmm. from god yeah and he shared those numbers with an individual that other individual, you know, like kind of stops dead in their tracks and they say, where, how do you know that number? And he's like, God told me, he said, nobody knows my, knows that number. My wife doesn't know that number. That's a, that's a routing number for a bank account mm-hmm. that I have, um, that nobody else knows, Yeah, which I don't know why you'd supply that information to yeah. somebody, you know, but it cut again, it granted access for Sean to then encourage that individual, yeah, um, because he knew something uh, that that information wasn't they shouldn't have, he shouldn't have known it, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and yeah, so I remember reading that and thinking, that's really cool. I can't think of any specific words of knowledge. Maybe like at Shepherd's Fold, and this is where it gets a little bit challenging for me. You know, I end up saying orange juice to a guy on staff and it meant something to him. And that there's still a potency there for me, but I don't think I've ever had an individual give me a word of knowledge yeah. to myself that yeah. has really opened up my heart and said, like, man, I'm ready to receive mm-hmm. his word. I, um, and I would love I would love for that to happen. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just curious, have you ever, you know, on either yeah. side of that yeah. coin where you felt like, wow, that was amazing. Shouldn't have done that. I delivered something and it was really powerful. Or somebody said this to me and it rocked my world. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that. I've ever received like a specific word, um, a word of knowledge. I definitely received like prophetic words that have meant something to me, but I don't know that I've ever been like, had someone say like, hey, just like name something. And then like, that's something that means a lot to me. That's not something that I've really, that I can think of ever like saying to someone. I can think of times where I took steps out in faith prophetically, but I think as far as like a gift of knowledge, I can think of a time where I was ever like, this is something and then someone was like oh yeah absolutely so yeah um yeah and i think i mean maybe even part of that's just because of like my own insecurity and not wanting to say something wrong and then look dumb yeah um just because like again like we talked about in the prophecy pod like stepping out in faith and hearing god's voice and speaking it out requires like a little bit of risk in our lives um and trusting him and, and knowing that we might mess up the interpretation but we still have to take steps to to speak out what god is speaking to us so yeah I was like asking that because yeah. one, I was just curious about yeah. you. But then two, I think uh, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that it won't. Just because I haven't maybe personally experienced that. There's maybe, maybe there is like some area of doubt in my mind, but uh, like I accept this as truth because it's scripture. Yeah. And so like I, yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to take inventory. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe that this is a, 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 a fully evidenced thing yeah. that exists in this world today and like mm-hmm. it didn't end and yet I don't I've <laughs> it's hard for me to it's just based on stories of others that yeah. I say like okay yeah there is some efficacy uh to this and I I also like think there's been a lot of other experiences where God has interfaced with me mm. and I don't necessarily think that I need this one yeah like I I welcome it but yeah. it's not something where I'm like well till God is hit all seven of these and this other thing over here, I'm I'm going to have my reservations. Yeah. And I don't even know that it's important that we like label everything that happens as a specific like gift. It's like, oh, well, that was the gift of prophecy. And it's like, and that was the gift of knowledge. It's like at the end of the day, like was God glorified? And do you like understand his love for you better today? And do you love him more now? It's like, yeah, that doesn't really matter what the avenue was. Like you don't need to define exactly like which gift of the spirit was this. And again, like the gifts of the spirit are a means to an end of like how we love people well. And I believe the goal is loving God and loving his, loving his bride well. And I think the gifts of the spirit are a way that we pursue um, seeing that happen. And I think at the end of the day, if we're operating in them the way that is biblical, I think that's going to happen. I don't know that it super matters, like the semantics of it, where it's like, okay, knowledge versus, you know, prophetic word versus wisdom and discernment. Like, I think they all operate in conjunction together and complement each other well. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the main verses that I found here just it takes us back to First Corinthians and in chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Paul's just talking about knowledge and recognizing it as the highest form. Uh, 
and knowledge among men yes is just the gospel of jesus christ right so like hey this the truth that will set you free just knowing who who christ is that knowledge there Mm kind of trumps maybe any any of these other like i I don't know individual words of knowledge and and maybe opportunities for god to reveal himself personally to you it's just the knowledge of jesus christ our savior um who whose death on a cross paid for your sin and grants avenue and access to relationship um with god and and in heaven yeah so like that to me is like okay cool well i got that one like i I know i know jesus christ Mm -hmm. and paul's you know claim there is to say this is the highest form of knowledge this is charged with the great commission of going out and ensuring that people hear the message the good news the gospel yeah, and it's knowledge is also listed in First Corinthians thirteen, as we talked about in the prophecy pod, as the things that are going to pass away when Jesus comes back. So I'll just read that again, just so we're again always referencing. But First uh, Corinthians thirteen eight through thir- or through twelve, uh, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. For now I see you in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall be fully known, even as I have been fully known. So when Jesus comes back, we won't need prophetic words. We won't need words of knowledge to affirm God's realness to us because we'll be fully known. Like it talks about in verse 12, like we are fully known upon Christ's returning. Um, and we're fully known now, but this is just another way that the Lord gives us to to help us comprehend his presence and to help us, um, again, love him and love his bride well is through the gift of knowledge. But when Jesus comes back, we won't have need for that because we'll be fully known in him. So that, that verse uh, has been maybe the past 10, 12 years of my life, really valuable for trying to understand the the cry of the human heart. Yeah. Because I, I do believe that the cry of the human heart is to be fully heard and fully known. Like yeah. that what I say matters and that people care for me. Yeah. Like that that there is, you know, and, and I do include Jesus in that people, like that I am cared for. Sure. Um so I, I love that verse. Yeah. Um you want to go into wisdom, our last one. Let's do it. I like it. Uh, I have, I'll, I'll hit us with a starting verse, yep. um, which I think it's just really fun. I love it. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I'm actively working through and learning more about right now. Yeah. I think I have two or three books that I'm reading and one of them is Rejoice and Tremble. It's actually just right next to here. Nice. Right next to me here on the computer. Um, author is Michael Reeves. This book was given to me by one of my small group friends because yeah. I brought up the, the topic of the fear of the Lord, like fear of God. Yeah. And just my personal you know, hesitation or challenge with that verbiage, mm-hmm. just trying to understand what does that, what does that mean to fear yeah. God yeah, yeah. and also know that he, like with that fear, um, h- how do I reconcile that with also this love and this, the character yeah. and the nature of God that I've experienced. So uh, I love that that is like just, it's the beginning of wisdom yeah. right there. When Once you understand, you know, the all powerful 
creator of the universe, who's omnipotent and omniscient, and also uh, personable. (laughs) Like that, that magnitude and that glory that is so well beyond my perception and will ever uh, fully encompass the capacity to my understanding. Mm-hmm. If I can just get that that fear of the Lord as something that is settled and based there, man, that's the beginning. Like using that as the foundation um, of me yeah. adopting and, and growing and learning, trying to practice wisdom. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I think you're dead on there. Is like the people, like the wisest people I know in my life are the ones that have like the highest view of God. I mean, they understand who God is and they understand who they are. And you can just tell in the way someone talks, um, someone who is wise, you're like, yeah, this is someone who like knows God well and they fear God. And there's someone who has like a reverence for God and an intimacy with him that I would long to have. Um, and I think so often we get, like we just define wisdom as like whoever's got like, I don't know, like I, I don't want to say like the trendiest take, but just like who whoever speaks eloquently and someone who, um, just communicates in a really effective way. And I, I don't know that that's entirely wrong, but I don't think that's an accurate definition because if we're defining wisdom as like the beginning of wisdom as the fear of God, um, someone who has a gift of wisdom is someone who helps you understand more of who God is and helps you understand how depraved you are without God. And I think when we define wisdom as someone who, again, knows God, knows his providence and helps other people understand that, I think that's the starting point for a gift of wisdom. I think, yeah, the second step after that, so that knowledge is, is one component, mm-hmm. but then taking it to the next step and then praising God, so yeah. knowing who he is, yeah. and then as a result of that, I have to give praise. Yeah, wisdom is not just knowledge. Like yeah. wisdom, wisdom always ends in action. Yeah, so that like it, that last part of that verse, I mean, I think it just talks about uh, his praise endures forever. So yes, my, my response to that knowledge is to glorify God mm-hmm. and... Um, I love it. I mean, I love praying before food. I love talking to God, uh, even with something, let's say I'm, uh, I don't know, I almost hit something while I'm in my car. Yeah. And then I love that one of my immediate responses is like, thank you, God. Like, I love, I love you. And I know that you're sovereign. Yeah. And thank you either. Maybe it was entirely in my control and I jerked my hands out of the way. Thanks for giving me a brain that works and talks to my hands and for me to be able to have yeah. that reflex. Yeah. Yeah, giving that praise to God, I I want that to be a consistent thing that I do in my life. Um, I'm grateful I have it to whatever capacity it's at now, and I want more of it. I want to praise God for every good thing that happens in my life. Um, and that that used to be a big challenge for me. It still is a challenge today yeah. because I do know, well, I think, uh, and this is where ego and pride get in the way. Like, I think I am smart. I think I do have good thoughts. Like, God has given me that brain, yeah. right? And I yep. don't, I don't want to just say like, it's not from a, yeah, like it's a challenge sometimes for me to get it down to that base core thing where I can truly say, thank you God for this. Yeah. Because sometimes I do things and I think I did a good job doing the thing and then it does feel like I earned the thing, you know? Yep. Um, I know so then still in that moment, not wanting to glorify self. But just expressing gratitude back to God, I think, is a good practice for me, at least, a prideful human. Yeah, uh, to put into play. Yeah, and I like that distinction that like wisdom always leads to praising God for who He is. Um, yeah, and I, again, I think on the other side of of this as well, I do think there's a component of wisdom where um, you know people are are gifted in almost like I think people who are like very wise are like great listeners, and they know again like what to say and when to say it. 
And again, that always, it comes out of an abundance of like the relationship with the Lord. It's the overflow of that that you experience. So it's not like someone who is the gift of wisdom, in no way do they think that they are wise. They just know that they're not wise and that God is. So in a sense, all the wisdom that they're giving is always going to point back to the Father and glorifying Him and to praise His name. So if it's someone comes to them and it's like, hey, should I do this or this? Like, what's going to help you praise God more? And it's, it's just like someone who is wise is always going to point back to God and they understand that their wisdom is not from themselves. So wow. if you think that you are wise, I don't think that you are. Got a little wake-up call. For yeah. Me. That is that is so good because I I do that. I, I do sometimes, I'm like, man, sometimes I do provide good advice, mm-hmm. but it's like only because. Yeah. Like I've, I've got to give it back to the source. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to just say, you know, I've got this all together. No, man. Like that is... Get ready to fall. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's coming. I was, I was, I'm reading this book by R.T. Kendall right now. It's called God Meant It for Good. It's a great read if you guys would like it. But one of the things he says that he prays, that he prayed for when he was, uh, when he was younger in his faith walk was like, God, I want to know what total dependence on you looks like. And God was like, okay. And he even says in the book, he's like, I would not recommend that you pray that prayer. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the idea that, you know, if you want to know, like what what walking step by step with the spirit looks like it starts with knowing god and like all of these gifts that we're talking about and defining all come out of an overflow of your time spent with the father in secret and you knowing god and you knowing his word and like that is the foundation for all of these in no way is it because someone is charismatic or because they're a gifted communicator or because they're good with logistics whatever it is all of these gifts come out of an overflow of our time spent with the father and i think that's a great distinction that you make I love it. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for for saying that. James three seventeen um, says the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Mm. So uh, the only way that that is possible for a person to exercise and and practice that wisdom, I think is because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like all of those descriptive terms right there, um, man, yeah, it has to be, that. that is evidence of the Holy Spirit. If you see somebody who's exercising wisdom, you you recognize those components, those traits, mm-hmm. that's a great indicator of you like, oh, I, yep, they got the Holy Spirit, man. Like I know sometimes I will meet either a friend of a friend or even just random people. And I love how, how quickly you can, discern or or take away like oh they're a believer that's, yeah that's cool the language that they're using yeah. the way that they're speaking um either maybe they encourage or gas me up a little bit or Real. gave gratitude you know extended it out somewhere i love that man yeah. and i think that that those characteristics uh are evidence of a christ follower yeah um not just someone who says that they're a christian um, but someone who's actively living it out so i love that um passage in james it just helps me think about yeah like okay Wisdom. What what is it? And all of these kind of adjectives are descriptors: uh, pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. The open to reason one is the one that stands out most to me. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting for sure. Yeah, because I would think like, hey, I've got the truth. Here is the wise sage counsel, and yet it's still there, a little bit open handed. Says, so what do you think about that? You're, you know, maybe back to your question that you posed earlier. I just said like, well, which thing is going to lead you to glorify God more or, mm-hmm. or recognize his sovereignty? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's a good one. I think I'm, I'm out of 
thing. I'm not out of things to say, but I think that's a good kind of wrap-up point for me. So I, I'd always be the caveat. There's so much more to these conversations, and we can fit into t- pod topics. That's why I'd continually uh, push back to, like, Sam Storm's writings are, are incredible and so thorough on the gifts of the Spirit, and it's where I've um, been so thankful for him and his ministry. He's like my, like my celebrity like if i was going to meet him so he goes to my parents church and every time i go i'm too nervous to go meet him and he's just like a dude my dad's my dad's like like i know him i can get you coffee with him I'm like no no way Uh, but he has great writings on this and and then another pod recommendation i had as opposed to a music recommendation was uh matt chandler's got a podcast series called the overcomer podcast um overcoming life storms i think is what it's called and I've listened to a few of them, and they're just like ordinary people's stories of dealing with anything from like broken marriages to same-sex attraction to pornography addictions to drug addictions and all these different things. It's just them telling their story of God's goodness through that, and I've been really encouraged by them. So if you're looking for another listen, Matt Chandler's Overcomer podcast is good. Good wreck. Uh, you know that song by Force Frank, No Longer Bound? I've seen that. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. All over the place. They came out with another one. Oh, it's, it's the same song. With Maverick City, right? With Maverick City. Love it. Yeah. I like the idea of like, I don't know, redeeming some music spaces, but yeah. then having uh, like teamwork crossing. Yeah. Features. I, I, whenever it came out, it, I said it to a couple of friends. They're like, this song's already been out. I'm like, no. Listen to it. This one came out today. So, yeah, I love it. But, uh, dude, thanks for sitting here with me, Mike, in my sweaty room. Uh, mm-hmm. You are now up to six pounds of water weight lost. Yeah, I feel good. Uh, but, guys, thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you later. Bye.